This episode of Explicit Answers is brought to you by DrawYouAPicture.com, where you can get just about anything drawn for pretty darn cheap at DrawYouAPicture.com. Check it out today. The world needs answers. We can help. Explicit Answers. Hey folks, how are you doing? Welcome to Explicit Answers episode 17, brought to you the week of May 1st, 2011. I'm James. And I'm Jen. And we're here to answer your questions. Great. Um, Here's a question I have, Jen. Why have you not done a podcast in over two months? I blame you. Really? Yeah. That's not fair. Um, I don't remember why. Okay. What we said on Jenna's show at podcastkid.com is we've been really busy. That's true. That is very true. Life since the new year, really, but specifically February, mm-hmm. has been uh, just busy. It has been. Busy, busy, busy. Not bad busy, just busy. Busy. Yeah. So there you go. I got a new bike. Yeah, you did. It's cool. Tell the people about my new bike and your hatred of it initially. Well, it's a recumbent bike, which... Tell the people what that means, though. I don't really know what it means, but it means you kind of lay down when you're biking. Not, not really. There are different kinds. The kind where you lay down, mm-hmm. you're a weirdo if you ride one of those. Well, I've seen some weird people, and I thought they were ha- handicapped. <laughs> well, well, there are there the is, ones where they just have their arms right, to it. And, but then That's there's fine. other ones that aren't. Mine it's kind of makes you just, look like you're riding a, a chopper um, not where right. you're sitting down. Yeah. But you're not laying down. No, yours is like a regular seat where you sit up normal, but your legs are out and you use like your front of your legs for the power instead of well, yeah whatever part of your anyway. legs anyway i have a recumbent bike but it's really cool and it's fun to ride it's a tricycle it is it's got three wheels it's cool that's what a tricycle is but it sounds funny to say a tricycle because it's well, like it's a trike it's a it's a bent, like a little it's boy. a bent trike that's the way you say it all cool really yeah. bent trike that doesn't sound cool. recumbent you know bent all bent yeah it's a Didn't bent trike trikey trikey so uh, I've been riding that here and there. I've been taking the kids on trips around they the block. Like it. My wife likes the bike. I do. So we're we're considering not buying her one because we don't have the money for it. No, we don't. We probably won't for a long time. So. But I need a computer before a bike. Yeah, yeah. She's been doing a lot of work here lately. A lot of uh, advertising. Advertising. What do you do again? Accounting. Yeah, that's it. I was. I've been doing a lot. I did a little bit during tax season. Yeah, not enough to buy a new lappy. No, not enough to buy a whole lot of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we have a room in our house that you may not care about, but I want to share it with you. It's called the hot room. It's very hot. It was hot. It was very hot. It's like, And it's not hot like cool hot, like like only hot people can go in there. It's like temperature hot. Yeah, it's like a good 30 degrees higher than the rest of the house. And we've been using a lot of electricity um, to try to cool that room. It's, we even had somebody come in and reroute our vents to no avail. Mm-hmm. Um, we recently decided to take and put a curtain over the opening. Um, and it has drastically changed it has. the it's whole made temperature of our house. the rest of the house cooler. So awesome. So if you have a part of your house that you don't like, just mask it off That's with duct right. tape or something. Don't spend money on curtains like we did. Or you can hang up an old paint tarp. That's what I did originally. <laughs> I know, and it was to test really the embarrassing. So, uh yeah, just nail it right to the top of the trim, and then when you pull it down, the nail holes are all hidden automatically. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you don't just nail it right to the front. Yeah. Like they do in zombie movies. That's yeah. stupid. The room that, that we're speaking of is actually called a Florida room. Yeah. 
or a hotter than Hades room. If it's not hot enough in Florida for you, purgatory room. It's a room for you to. It's a room for you to enjoy what Florida's really about. But my kids call it the hot room now, and they got Slurpees today, and uh, they were a little chilled from Mm -hmm. eating them, so they both decided to eat the rest of the Slurpees in the hot room. (laughs) So they went through the curtain. I kind of think of it as the Holy of Holies now, Mm because you have to go past the outer courts into the holy place, past past the brazen altar. We don't have a brazen altar, but we have a brazen wench. So What's that? I don't know. It's what pirates say about women that are mean. Did you call me a brazen wench? I didn't. If you extrapolated that from that. This podcast is over. (laughs) So... Welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh, we had a brief talk, and now I'm the boss again. So wow. there's a little pause that you didn't know about there. Okay, you're not the <laughs> boss ever. <laughs> so yeah, um, Jen's also looking for a job, kind of pooting around with it anyway. Yeah, kind of a lousy job looker. I found one job, and it, it just didn't work. And she got sad, I and did. she's quit. I'm done. She has all this earning potential. I want to wait till after the summer, after the kids are back in school. Mm. Not that our son is really ever in school. Yeah. So nobody will really take him, but... I think it's bull. Mm, I think I'm right. <laughs> so, um, hey, we got some questions and answers. That's the name of the game. But we always want to warm up a little bit, letting you guys know what we're doing and what's going on. That way you'll care a little bit more when we answer your questions. So we do have uh, uh, some from about three months ago. So these people have already made their mistakes. Yeah, I was going to say, their problems are done. Yeah, but maybe it'll help some other people. Okay. That are going through something similar. There's some hardcore ones in here. It's it's like that Dear Abby. I mean, surely that you don't get an answer right away. No, surely not. I mean, you've already committed suicide, gone, mm-hmm. you know, everything's over. And then they decide. To run your yeah. question. Um, I, this one says, I would like your opinion on a recurring situation. My daughter and I, oh, oh, my daughter and a high school friend became romantically involved a few months before he had to leave for military training. Um, this, they kept in touch and he always sent her messages that he loves her and misses her. However, when he's in town for holidays or long weekends, he never takes time to see her or even contact her. She can see on Facebook that he's hung out with other friends in the area. She's angry at first and then she becomes very depressed, which goes on for days. This takes a huge emotional toll on her family. And we spend so much time talking with her since she always thinks it's her fault. When that happens, uh, is then what happens is he will send her a text after he's left, making some excuse about being busy with his family and didn't have a spare second to call her. Bullcrap! Mm-hmm. By this time, she's so glad to hear from them that she never confronts him, and then he starts right back with the same routine, being sweet. Last weekend, he came in town, made plans for Saturday, and then never followed through. She decided to tell him she was done being hurt, but instead, he sent a series of very rude messages and said to leave him alone. Now she's devastated and wants to know why he suddenly changed again. I try to be sympathetic every time this happens, but now I'm angry because we're also tired of the vicious cycle. Since he's been in the service, he gets a lot of attention from flirty girls. But I'm wondering, what's the benefit of treating a friend of four years this way? Thanks for your show and your perspective in the situation, Mom in Florida. You want my take? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Number one thing. He's not interested in her. Absolutely not. He wants to, he, he feels lonely when he's away. Yep. And he wants somebody uh, on the side just to, to feel better, somebody to, you know, Yeah, because the flirty girls with. don't have that. What flirty the, girls? The flirty girls. Oh, fl- yeah. They don't yeah. give him that. No, they're, they're, they're not fun. around. They're, they're going to be around for the second. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, number two, she needs to just break it off. Yep. Because if he really wanted to see her, if they were really, he that that'd be the first person he'd see. He'd right. diss his family. I mean, at that age, mm-hmm. 
high schoolers or oh, high, yeah. you know, twenties. Well, yeah. You don't care. I mean, but you would you would either make it work or you would dish your family. You'd pick your girlfriend. Yeah. which I don't know that their girlfriend boyfriend. No, they're not. Didn't quite. Here's here's the thing though, Jen is we're talking to the mom, mm-hmm. not the girl. So. Okay. So that's the problem here is um, when when you want information about somebody else, it's really hard because you can't change them. Right. Um, You can suggest things to them and you can pray for them and you can influence them, but you cannot change them. The problem here is this girl's got no self-esteem. She probably slept with him before he left and he has no respect for her anymore. Mm -hmm. And she's attached to him in an unnatural way because that's what sex does. And she feels like he's the one. She's got all this emotional attachment to him, which he has none. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, when when they're far away, he he abuses the relationship in one way, but it makes her feel good. And when he's at home, he abuses the relationship in a different way, and it makes her feel bad. Either side in both ways are just as sick and just as abusive. And it's sick on both ends because she's allowing it to happen, and he's the one doing it. Um, you know, what do they say? Shame, uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's going through this vicious cycle. Mom, what you need to do is just lay it out to her and tell her that. Explain to her that there's no good parts to this relationship. Mm-hmm. They're both bad. They're both abusive because they're they're taking advantage and that the only fool in the whole thing is her. Mm-hmm. And she needs to wise up and move on. And it sucks. It really sucks. But she apparently connected with somebody that had absolutely no character or just enough to get by until he got out on his own. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's my 10 cents. And I'm taking a little bit of a leap with the sleeping with him thing, but I got a feeling. Probably. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. That kind of that kind of attachment doesn't happen on accident. No. Yeah, because she's got a boyfriend-girlfriend attachment to him. And, and he's, he doesn't. He's got a... Using there was some sort of promise made. There was some sort of you know when yeah. I get back we'll get together type of thing. And and, and he's just lost interest. Yeah. But yeah, he he likes her when he he's far away around. because he's lonely. Yep. But when he's not lonely, it's no big deal. Yeah. So. Ah, sick though. Yeah. It's very sick. But yeah, being being honest and the daughter probably won't listen. But I mean that's that's the best you can do. Is punch her in the head. Yeah. Um, recently, I have been going through a tough time. I've been undergoing, undergoing counseling for self mutilation. And I've decided that I want to change to a Christian counselor so that I can carve Christian symbols into my... I'm kidding. I wrote that part. It's very that sick. bad taste. Bad taste. I'm sorry. However, my parents who are managing the counseling... It's explicit answers. What can I say? I am underage. Disagree strongly. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere without religion in perspective, and I don't know what I should do. I respect my parents' wishes to, uh, and stay in counseling. That is going nowhere. Or do I go against their wishes and fight harder... Um, and, and that's it. She didn't, she didn't send a name. Um, since I was a butt at the beginning part, which I thought was funny because I don't know, it just was ironic the way it read. Okay. Um, okay. so I'm undergoing counseling for self mutilation. I've decided to change to a Christian counselor. So she said for this, like she was learning how to do it. And then she wants to go to a Christian. No, I think your comments were in bad taste. I'm My sorry. brain works that way. Yeah, I'm but sorry. that it's doesn't very mean literal. you should say it. Wow. Okay. Anyway, here's my deal. She's already cut off her arm by now, anyhow, so it's no big deal. Um, 
here, here's my 10 cents. You know, I'm a Christian person and blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, but um, a counselor is a counselor and your Christianity is not dependent and your faith is not dependent on who is counseling you and who is directing you. Um, many times, honestly, I direct people away from Christian counseling because sometimes the Christianity gets so muddied up in there and the faith gets so muddied up in there that you don't actually get any practical help. You don't deal with the actual problem. Yeah. It's all spiritual. And, and, and though I believe everything has a spiritual root, I don't know that every Christian counselor knows how to get there. Um, so here's my advice for you. Um, you know, if you can push for Christian counselor and get a good one, great, awesome. But if your parents are completely against it, you have an obligation to them to obey them and trust that God will bless you and get you what you need in spite of where you're at, okay? We either believe God's in control or he's not. And if he is in control and if he is directing your path, then he knew in advance before the self-mutilation that – um, you were going to be in this situation. You were going to have this kind of counselor. You were going to feel differently. And he knew your mom and dad wouldn't let you. He's got plans to turn it out for your good and his glory. Okay. But you've got to make sure that you do what's right on your end. Otherwise he can't do anything. Okay. Cause you blocked him out and basically told him your way is better than his way. And so I know it sounds weird. It seems like God would be completely 100% behind getting a Christian counselor, but he's 150% behind obeying your parents mm-hmm. in the Lord for this is right. Well, and something you've got to consider is most likely, you know, this is probably fallen under insurance. I'm assuming this yeah. is a kid. And she's underage, yeah. You know, which is extraordinarily expensive. So, you know, there could be a lot of reasons, not just Christian, of why your parents don't want you to move counselors. That that could be the one. But but even so, even yeah. if it is strictly religious, you have an obligation to obey them. And, and my, what I was mm-hmm. trying to get at at the beginning is this counselor is going to deal with you in a certain way. And, and uh, pardon me, but you are way too young to be deciding if something's working or not. Okay? You're a cutter. Okay? That means your mind is a little bit broken. Okay, it means you respond to things in a way that is not helpful to yourself. It is actually self-damaging. So you cannot trust yourself to make decisions about your own well-being because if you could do be trusted, you wouldn't be in the situation in the first place. And I'm not digging at you. I'm just saying very plainly that you are not of the right age or the mental capacity right now to be able to say what is best for you. You've got to trust your parents. Now, spiritually, you need to be in a youth group. Um, you need to ask your parents, hey, maybe can I do both? Can I go mm-hmm. to do a Christian counselor? Can I go to a, a person at my church that can counsel me as well so I can get the psychological side of things and the spiritual side? Um, and then also, if they say absolutely not, um, pray. Talk to God about what you need. Tell him what you think you need. Ask him for guidance. And, you know, the truth is all truth is God's truth. He invented psychiatry. He invented the concept of, of communicating to help you through your problems. He created your body, and he has a way to help you to get through uh, so you, that you stop mutilating it. Um, so pray, pray, pray. Talk to your God and ask him for guidance. Also, uh, see about, at very minimum, seeking a religious mentor someone that can help you out, even if it's not a full-fledged youth group, maybe someone older than you. And then um, lastly, uh, daily devotions on your own time. Okay, If you're not praying and reading your Bible daily to seek God, then don't bug your parents about needing a Christian counselor. Don't even bother them with that because you're not doing what you can do on your own. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So don't blame all this on the fact that you don't have a Christian counselor. Okay, um, But I hope, you, I hope the best for you. I hope you get well. hope you get better. And I hope you get what you need. But don't, depend, don't, don't hang it all on this Christian counselor thing. Because if it doesn't work out, 
uh, great. But I, I never, I never think it's a good idea to fight your parents. No, it's not going to help. It's going to make things worse. All right. So there you go. Um, my my ex my ex husband has a new girlfriend. They are living together and seem to be moving toward marriage. Problem I have is she does not believe in God. My children do not attend church on the weekends that they visit with their dad. And my five-year-old recently called me crying because the stepmom, quote-unquote, told her that there was no God. She has even told my 14-year-old son that I only teach him about God in order to control him. So we got a hardcore atheist. As, yeah, as, wow. Uh, I don't know how to start the conversation or if I have any rights to require them to teach my children a different religion. I do not know what to do. I just know that this is not acceptable to me. Please help. Let me just start by saying a little disclaimer. We're not lawyers, so Mm-mm. we're not going to be able to tell you what you have rights to and what you don't have rights to. So we're just going to deal with this on a common sense, moral type stand. Mm-hmm. Um, I would obviously say open communication is very important. Talk to your husband and tell him your concerns. Okay, uh, There must have been a time at one point that you guys were in unity on the religion thing. Uh, maybe not, but maybe and so you can appeal to him on that level. Um, my obviously, your goal is I don't I think trying to have there's no way you're going to be able to force them to teach your children your religion. No mm-hmm. way at all. Mm-mm. The most you can hope for is for uh, neutrality and say, okay, I understand she has these views, blah blah blah, but they're not her children. Can you at least have her keep her mouth shut while she's with them and not try to to undo what I'm doing? Okay, and then there's a possibility he'll say, get the heck out of my house, I'll do what I want. And uh, that being the case, I always like to go to the worst case scenario. That way we've answered all the problems in between by default. Mm-hmm. Um, my first suggestion would be, and Jen, feel free to jump in anytime, uh, is trust that God can defend himself. If you're teaching your children about the real true God, the God that sent his only son to die on the cross for you, uh, the God that created the universe in a week, uh, or actually less, um, that spoke uh, life into existence and breathed his his life into us. If you believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then you can trust him to to defend himself. Yeah, I mean, th- there's one thing: your kids, and obviously at five, you know, they're not critical thinkers, right. but the 14 year old is, and your kids are going to have to decide their view on religion, their view on what they've taught at some point anyway. It's mm-hmm. and they're going to see you, and they're going to see their dad. And they're going to make a call. They're going to very much understand what the difference is between you and him. Based on your lifestyles and the way you live out your faith. And that, you know, that's going to go way further than anything anybody ever says. But on the other hand, I would say um, since they're not married and they are living together, and I don't, you know, like like you said, we're not lawyers. I don't don't know what kind of stand you have, but there's possibility that, um, you know, if you want to, if you feel like you needed to go that route, you could consult a family lawyer Mm -hmm. and see if you've got more rights because, you know, really she should not, you know, I I would assume that, you know, she doesn't have any rights towards her children. No. So if you could like minimize their exposure to her until they're married, that would probably be a plus, but it would be a minus probably between. Well, it's just a delay tactic though. The Mm -hmm. the core issue is we've got, she's got a concern 
about this woman having more say in her kid's spiritual life than she does, or uh, enough say to undo or Mm -hmm. to break what she's instilled in them. And you've got concerns on both ends because you've got a 14-year-old who's a critical thinker who's starting to challenge everything they believe in. You've got a five-year-old that just barely has their worldview cemented in. And yeah, it's a big deal. It would break my heart. I mean, my daughter's heart, who is six, if somebody was that violently opposed to her Mm -hmm. faith, it it would just break her heart, not because of doubt creeping in, but just because it would hurt her so much that someone would reject the love that she knows God has for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I would say here, obviously, God can defend himself. So there's that one part. You just trust that what the Bible says, if you train up a child in the way he should go, when he is old, he will not depart from it. Okay, That, that, that covers a whole multitude of issues. Even if, even if somebody's coming up against them, even if uh, somebody says something opposite, if I train up my child on the way she go, when he's old, he will not depart from it. Um, so that part of that training, like Jen uh, referred to, is living out your faith in the way you want your kids to live out theirs. You can't just say it because they'll do what you say for so long, and then they're going to start doing what you do. And if what you say and what you do don't line up, they're, you're going to be very much... Uh, surprised to find out that you've just duplicated yourself and your kids, whether that's good or bad. So trust that, uh, that God can defend himself. But also, I am so about educating your kids about alternatives to faith. Tell them what this woman is. Educate them. She is an atheist. She's an angry atheist. She's probably been hurt. Young man and young woman, my kids, you guys don't understand, but there are people out there that do not believe in God, and someone has hurt them, or they've had something said against them in, in using the name of God, but what do we know about God? God never hurts anybody. That's right. God God loves us all. That's right. So if this woman's experienced something about God that was harmful or hurtful, who did it to her? Well, Satan did, absolutely, and fronted like it was God. That's right. And you can help them work through it themselves. Themselves, help them, mm-hmm. asking them the questions, having them bounce it back based on what they know. And if there is something that comes out, well, she says that you're just trying to control us. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean? Well, uh, like a robot. Do I treat you guys like that? Do I, do I force you to do this, that, and the other? Or do I hold you to a set of standards? Do I let you make your own choices and then help you when you make the wrong ones? Absolutely. You know, it's not about control. It's about training kids. And so you can explain the difference and just basically point by point, little by little, uh, break this woman, her, her, um, her argument anyway, down. And then the one thing I wrote down here is you and your kids need to pray for her. The Bible says, pray for those who, who despitefully use you. And this woman is very spiteful. She's very spiteful to, to go to a five-year-old and say something like that to go to mm-hmm. a fourteen-year-old. These are arguments that hurt uh, kid, people the same age as this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go to a child and start digging at the very core of what their faith is based on—that's that's mean. Mm-hmm. That is very mean. So I, I, you know, pray for her that God will get a hold of her and heal her broken heart and change her. And uh, there is just something about. Uh, when you pray for your enemies, suddenly you don't fear them anymore. Suddenly you're not intimidated by them anymore. Suddenly you begin to pity them because you realize they're hurtful people in need of God's love. So there's my 10 cents. Jen, anything to add, subtract? I think it's perfect, everything you said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I totally agree. You know, you there is an element that, that you really can't control. Um, right. And... That's that's the really really tough part of divorce is they're when they're with their dad they're 
they're with their dad. Right. You know, you don't have control over that, but you can make the best of it. And and remember that you're with them way more than he is. Well, and so in you a way, have a bigger influence. In a way, this could be a blessing in disguise because so many parents blindly lead their children through their faith experience. The kids never get anything challenged because they're so protected and sheltered. And then we statistically lose over 80% of our kids by the time they hit college. And I think it's because by college time, um, they are hit finally with some sort of challenge to their faith, and it crumbles because they never had it tested. And if you read the Bible, especially in the New Testament, it talks about trying your faith is more precious than gold. It's talking about refining. It, it refers to it like refining gold, that the more it's heated up, the more it's uh, brought to a red-hot consistency, the more crud is worked out of it. And that's the way our faith is. There's a lot of stuff that God puts in us, but then there's a lot of our stuff. And a lot of times people base their religion on their stuff rather than on the God rules. And um, what happens with atheists is they come along and they pick at the stuff that's not really God stuff. And because our faith is based on it, it flakes apart really easy. And, um, and, then, and then we wonder, oh my gosh, maybe it is all fake. And we go ahead and dump everything mm-hmm. because a couple of little things didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Just like this, I don't base my faith in God on how he answers my prayer. Like, I pray and I say, God, I want you to heal so-and-so. Well, if that person dies, a lot of people would lose their faith in God. Well, I prayed that he would be healed. Well, see, we don't do that. I pray, God, your will be done. I pray that he would be healed, but your will be done. Same as Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, you know, I pray if there's any other way that this cup would pass me by, but not my will, your will be done. God had Jesus die on the cross. Jesus didn't really necessarily want to go through all that pain right there in that moment. His humanity was definitely showing itself, but he did it anyway. And 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 God did not answer his prayer the way he wanted him to. Mm-hmm. So God is able to do whatever he wants, and that is where my faith in God comes from. I wouldn't really believe that much in a grandpa God or a Santa Claus God or a genie God. It but gives you whatever you want. Yeah. I know that I can talk to God, and even if I'm praying wrong, as long as I'm praying and my faith is in God and I say, God, you know what? I'm just a person. Like we said with our, with our mutilator up there, um, the self-mutilator, uh, you just need to say, you know what? My parents may not know what's best. I definitely don't know what's best, but God, you do. Your will be done. If you want me to have a Christian counselor, please make it happen. If you want me to stay where I am, give me the strength and the guidance that I need to stay the course and to get what I need from it. Um, our, you know, we, we, we don't wage war. The Bible says we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers and weaknesses in high places. We also don't uh, trust in things that have flesh and blood either. To mm-hmm. save us, you know, God moves through people, but our faith isn't based on people. That's how atheists are born, by the way, is they they mistake a man or for a God. woman for God, mm-hmm. the voice of a person for the voice of God. God would never, never say those things. But anyway, I got a little off on a rabbit trail, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, it's all about what you believe and about living it out and trusting him explicitly. There you go. Getting that word explicit in there. Guys, it's time for us to go. That's right. Alien Autopsy Music. Hey, ask your own questions at explicitanswers.com or email them explicitanswers at gmail.com. You can call in your questions, 2095NLCast. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, twitter.com slash NLCast, facebook.com slash NLCast. Leave us a review in iTunes if that's how you found us. And check out all the shows on the NLCast network at NLCast.com. Till next time, I'm James. And I'm Jen. And we're here to answer your questions. Live right, do good, and uh, peace out. We'll see you next week.